0: Welcome back to another episode of the Dr. Supercoach podcast. You're on again this week with JB and I'm joined by Pistol. How are you, mate?
1: The first buy week always is like nerve-wracking going into it, but I feel like the nerves are a little bit settled. Uh, A lot of rank rises I've seen for people who planned accordingly. I mean, this was my weakest buy and still managed to score 1899 and move up 3K. So, good start. I'm looking forward to the next two. I think that's where the big rank rises for me will come personally. So, yeah, I feel
0: like up and away. How'd you go this way? Um, we are, again, powered by Code Sports. I always forget that off the rip. So, the, the buy rounds are, are such a milestone to look forward to um, for the veteran players because they just put a little bit more due diligence into it and reap the benefits a little bit more than the, the players that sort of... You know, they, they just go for the optimal team without actually looking too far ahead and around this time of year you can see some big rank rises um i did decently so i pretty much made up the loss of last week um back up to six and a half k so um good little four and a half k rank rise back around the five k mark and and next, this buy round coming should be very good as well. I think anyone with seventeen or eighteen players this week are going to see a good rank rise, regardless of what happens. Mm-hmm. Um, the week after is probably my weakest buy, so saving the weakest buys for last is nerve wracking. <laughs> um, but at the end of the day, the weakest buy still is eighteen plus nineteen plus. So um, it's good, good time of year. Um, good, good for the patrons as well. I think they had a, a very good week and. Speaking of, we've got three new signups this year, this week, not this year. Yeah. Um, first of all, is Brett Fawell, Fowell? Four. Fall. I mean, you, this is this feels like we're going to need a correction in here. Let me let me lock in. Fall. Okay. Brett Fall. <laughs> feel like it's wrong, but anyway. That sounds wrong, doesn't? it? So bad. Doesn't not f- sound good. Okay. <laughs> All right, that that might be my first of the year. No one has told me yet that I've got one incorrect. Even, even one of the toughies that we had, he DM'd to me and said, "You know what? It was it was maybe minorly, you know, the didn't roll an R or something, but close enough." Yeah. Um. Next is Michael. Thank you very much, Michael. And can, are you able to shout out the last one, Pistol? No,
1: I'm not. I don't have it open.
0: Ah, uh, the first name's uh, Jessica. Do you know the the surname for that one? I don't know. It starts with a T. Uh, I I'm not the, a mind reader, J B. No no, I think you do know. If you <laughs> if you think about it, if you it's, use it's a, your power it's of it's detection, I have a, you do know it, Why? You're pretending like you don't know it. Uh Jessica Truone, welcome to the Patreon as well. So <laughs> And if J
1: B um, said uh, that wrong, don't forget to tell him.
0: I was just repeating the, the pronunciation I feel like you're that you used. Into that one. I just, I repeated the pronunciation that you used. Right. So that, that was a joint one. Um, on our Patreon, while we're still here, Pistol, yep. we have the Dr. Supercoach Cup approaching. And when I say approaching, I mean it, we're probably right three weeks behind <laughs> on uh, plugging the, the DRC Cup. Uh, because it's happening this week, so for anyone who signs up, um, what what sort of cut off are we giving them?
1: Uh, just please do it asap. I think um, you know before Thursday would be ideal, given the round starts on Thursday.
0: Yeah, that would be ideal. Uh, so if you sign up asap, you will be eligible to quickly slide into the DRC Cup. Uh, which includes prizes for the first, second, and third. It's a round robin competition. So round um, robin.
1: Some would say knockout tournament. Is it?
0: What is round robin? It's when then? you play
1: like multiple people, but like you don't. If you lose, you're still involved. You just get to play other people. Which I doesn't
0: happen have here. been saying that incorrectly my entire <laughs> life. So it's. I'm glad it's come out publicly. Yep. And okay. Um, I've got a lot of explaining to do. Yeah, um <laughs> it's a knockout tournament, <laughs> yeah. essentially. So, look if you're if you're not enjoying the pies thus far, if your rank's getting a little too out of grasp uh, from the top, whatever it is that you're aiming for, um, or if you've sort of packed it in with your cash leagues, the cups give you something gives you something to compete for in the second half of the season. If um, if you need something to compete for, which I mean, you might not, you might join anyway and, and win a massive. Actual physical cup among merchandise and, and other things that we give out for it. So, um, our bottom tier is all you need to join, and then you get um, it's not free entry, but there's no extra cost to go then into the DRSC Cup for some cool prizes. Pistol. Yep, you
1: just got to follow the sign up instructions once you slot in, and you're good to go. And we're going to have the biggest bracket that we've ever had this season. So, yeah, we're expecting there to be 700 plus people in the knockout tournament which is really fun um and that's why we have to start this early and yeah it's going to be a lot of work but i'm looking forward to it and seeing who takes home the dr
0: supercoach cup this season i am also looking forward to that because i've already dusted off a spot for it on my mental place mm, here we go
1: that's trash talk starts
0: no no, that's not a trash talk that's all right that's that's not a trash so talk, you're buying honestly. one
1: yourself i assume <laughs> yeah,
0: I am. <laughs> um, okay, Cancer Council. Before we move on, what, what's been happening there? I, I see the young backs, bucks have rallied further than what we expected last week when we when we did the same shout-out. Oh,
1: yes, the young bucks have. Definitely rallied at the very end of the month. Um, first up here, we have Maz. He gives one final donation as a young buck as I enter the dirty 30s. Well done to Az and Coon for stepping up and doing something other than running their mouths. Much appreciated, Maz. The commissioner says, uh, $5 for every Sharon that I haven't eaten yet. Young Bucks Rally. Um, well, <laughs> big donation. Thanks, commissioner. you got to eat a lot of Sharans. Uh Bell and <laughs> Sherriot Safire. That's pretty funny. Um, young Bucks Rally. Uh, Robert Hughes said, "My dad got diagnosed with bladder cancer, and this is my first of hopefully many donations. Sorry to hear that, Robert, but thank you. Yeah, sorry, Robert. Very much for your donation. Gibbo has donated again. Forgot to put the hashtag on my last donation, so here's another one. <laughs> Thanks, Gibbo. Much appreciated. Uh, the Wadi Pod, Coom, Bex, Connor, all say YoungBoxRally. The other Blackie says, Young Buxaraki, Unreal effort, everyone. Appreciate you all lots and appreciate Azar and Coom for organizing. Great cause and thanks for you guys to continuing to put out Unreal content and help with this great cause. Thank you, Blackie, for your Unreal donation.
0: Uh, all right, before we get into the next one, yes. can I just say, because that's the last of the, the rallies, yes. um, I wasn't on the last couple of weeks. This is unbelievable. And just having a look through a couple of these donations, I'm not going to put monetary amounts to actual people. They know exactly who they are. The The amount that people have dug into their pockets for this, um, you can tell by our total reaching now over $23,000, which um, we, I think we set as a goal after the, f- <laughs> after the, the vets yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> put, put money forward. So um, genuinely unbelievable. Like, I cannot express unbelievable how generous the community is. So we're just incredibly grateful. It, it, I can't even put it into context. This
1: is like nearly a five grand rally in the space of like what a month or a month and a half something like that. So just thanks very much for the, you know, I can't even express it words to the community for the support behind it. Um, it's, it's truly incredible. Um, and now on to Birdman, who more. said making the rookie error and having the C on Stewart, which is
0: uh, le- left the C on Stewart, and came in at about halfway through quarter time to say, "This is what I've done." I felt so silly, but he was on like forty-five already.
1: Yeah, he was going, and easy. it seemed
0: okay. It was ju- it was going to be okay, but unlucky. Ah, yeah, that's that's rough.
1: Uh, Sock says, I "Realized I hadn't made a donation yet, and I've definitely had a bad enough season to warrant one." Having history of in the family, I love the emphasis on these donations in the Doctor need community. Keep it up, lags. Thank you, damn socks. Jared Sell says, donate for dumb things. Got a phone call while finalising my team. The game had started when I got off the phone. I had the VC on Clary, but the C on Dunkley. Yikes! That's no, good. that is that is awful. Um, and with those, yeah, donate for dumb things as well. Cracked the twenty three thousand mark for the season, which is just incredible. This week, though, JB. Donate for Donuts well and truly on the cards with uh, people struggling to get out 18 as well. So this is, yeah, a mammoth fundraising month for the Council Council.
0: um, This could be, especially this buyer, could be the most difficult uh, for people to get a full team on the park. So Mammoth is correct. And I'm glad you mentioned Mammoth Pistol because that segues me into my next um, topic, which is Manscaped. Nice. So, lads, Australian autumn is here. It's actually um, it's actually winter now. I think we need a new one of these. Um, luckily, the sponsors of today's show are Manscaped. They're here to make sure the leaves are falling off your tree as smoothly as possible. Their fourth generation performance package, which includes their signature Lormar 4.0, has all the tools equipped to keep you calm and collected through the, all the weather uncertainty, which there is a lot of currently, no matter what state you're in. Time to join the four million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by going to manscaped.com and for twenty percent off and free shipping, use the code DRC. Always remember, lads, when you trim the weeds, the tree stands taller. So thank you again, Manscaped. And as I always do, I forgot to mention that this podcast is powered by Code Sports. So that's it. That's all the housekeeping. It's not going to be a long episode, Pistol, besides the uh, the housekeeping, <laughs> which just tends to take up 10 minutes each time. Um, but we do have some major talking topics. We're going to keep them short, short and sharp and really try to hone in on what the community is deciding between this week. A lot of it's going to be player versus player or, or just talking about a specific position. Um, essentially, a lot of these... Uh, questions that we're getting through on our Patreon and things that we think should be addressed. So I'm going to just start off straight away with Sinclair versus Dockerty, or to even add to that, Sinclair and Dockerty versus anyone else that you think coming off this buy might be a chance, or Sinclair slash Dockerty versus waiting for Tom Stewart and and going a premium down for for the meantime. What are your thoughts on the Sinclair versus Doherty debate?
1: I feel like I should address the going a premium down. I mean, I wouldn't take a donut if that's like the alternative no. there. I mean, maybe a rookie score if it's still like a good rookie, then that's probably okay. Because Stuart's I, I'd incredible. be
0: hesitant to even do that. Um, because like, like I know you just said you closed it off with Stewart's incredible, but mm. um. Essentially, what you're doing is you're giving up... Say your your rookie score coming in is... Uh, is say it's Ware, and Ware scores 55, which is a decent score for Ware. Um, you had to make that Doherty, hard, didn't you?
1: You couldn't do a nice round number like 50.
0: <laughs> no, nah, 55 is where uncomfortable. Okay. Um Doherty slash Sinclair, whichever one you're deciding between, goes 120. What? Which is oh, well and truly for the within... one
1: week everybody's. or as an average for the rest of the season? Just this week. Oh, okay. No, just That's
0: this fine. week. yeah. Um, so the difference there that you've given up 55 points Six, 65. 65 why don't I make it I told you <laughs> I should have gone around number yeah. <laughs> well, there was no hindsight used at all on this um, anyway 65 that's tough for Stewart to then chase down on either Doherty or Sinclair for the rest of the season I, I know he's capable but it only takes one more sub ton or sub whatever for it to go from you know unlikely to quite impossible so I just think you're playing the percentages by getting the premium in this week even though in three weeks time Stuart's going to be a nice juicy price mm.
1: fair enough I, I reckon that that one probably comes out in the wash somewhere like it's, yep. it's very close and and Stuart at this rate can almost be a VC option or C option yeah, so absolutely. that might tip it in the favor but again it just depends on who that rookie is like I probably wouldn't do it for like a Durden even even a where who I'd don't think will be named um, they're probably not the types like if it was someone else that was better than maybe but um, JB Doherty versus Sinclair is a great question um, Doherty's last two games have been somewhat injury affected um, copping knocks mm-hmm. in both of those games still managed to put out a 107 last week I, I just feel like when you can't decide players that have the same scoring potential you just go with the cheaper one and when it's Doherty's 30k cheaper that's the way that I would lean I don't really see any discernible difference between those two of them, except perhaps some you know, disruption with the Saints lineup when Clark and
0: Steele come back eventually. There might be
1: some sort of disruption that, with Sinclair.
0: That was going to be my first question straight back at you. I, I think there are actually two questions to float about either of these options. Yep. Um, two questions in total. So firstly, Sinclair with Clark specifically coming back um, is because he hasn't really been getting extra CBAs without Jack Steele. So I don't think Steele affects him. Yep. But Hunter Clark plays a similar wing halfback role. Um, what is the effect there? And for Doherty, um, Carlton have been leading the competition in Super Coach Pie Eaton. And although I don't think this is something to particularly affect a consistent player with a consistent role like Doherty, um, if they do regress even a little bit with a more difficult second-half fixture run, um, could we see him go back to one oh five, could that be the difference in the two? Um I know I'm really grasping at straws here, but what do you think of that? Um firstly I'd say Doherty as a defender,
1: it might not impact him as much as it might impact someone like Crips yep, or someone in the midfield. So I feel pretty secure in terms of a Supercoach Pie argument. Uh, it's it's not a heavy factor for me in Doherty and for Sinclair, I think the tricky thing is, you know, while Steele isn't in the side, I don't think Hunter Clark will impact uh, um, Sinclair at all but then when they're both back maybe it impacts I don't think personally it will but I'm not as you know I'm not like saying it's 100% but it's probably somewhere like 90% and just because of that risk when I think their output is going to be very very similar um, that would make me lean to Doherty I mean Sinclair has put up his two best scores for the season in a row um, but you don't you don't get those scores by trading him in now he's had his easy fixtures I mean those ones against Adelaide and North Melbourne you kind of knew were coming based on them being easier teams Um, Saints have a tough run coming up I mean it is what it is Uh, same as Doherty plays in the back line he's probably still going to rack it up so I'm not thinking he's going to go like badly but I just think that might cap his ceiling a little bit Um, and again Saints are good maybe they win half the games instead of losing against some of these teams they could just be a really good side and same goes for Carlton
0: um, they've they've beaten good teams thus far. I think that's underrated about St Kilda. They, they beat the, the likes of Geelong um, just a couple of weeks ago. So they I think they're getting a little bit underrated in the in the sense of they're coming up to a tough run. Um, I mean Brisbane is difficult. Essendon not so much this year. Sydney's uh, you know about on the same sort of yeah. line, if not maybe a little bit better. Same with Carlton. Fremantle obviously this year have proven that they're in that top echelon, that top four type of caliber side, but they're not world beaters. They're not going to smash them. Um, Bulldogs are the same ilk as Sanquilla as well this season. <laughs> it could um, go either
1: way. That's five of six games coming yeah. up that they could technically lose five of six. Um, but again, they could also it, it, be. It's all true. Of them. Um, I just yeah, feel exactly. it's, it's just that little bit more uncomfortable, whereas I, I do think both picks are even. And I would just take the cheap one, basically the summer.
0: So, based on your logic, if someone was looking to get two of these guys in this week... Okay. Someone on this podcast even... Uh, is would, it? I
1: have both of them.
0: So, is it me? It, it's not me. It, I mean, Cheeso's <laughs> not here either. So, I think based on process of elimination, yep. that only leaves me. Um, Dan Houston is around okay. the same price as Doherty and 30K cheaper than Jack Sinclair. Are you still firmly in the no camp? <laughs> I'm just, I just want a, a slight up update on that uh,
1: one. Firstly, I don't think our, our podcast can handle you getting Houston back into your side, like no matter which okay. way it goes. If it goes well, we can't handle that. And if it goes badly, also can't handle it. See, butters for the last six weeks.
0: Um well, but has been good last three weeks. He has,
1: but we had to hear about it every week. So I imagine Houston going really well or really badly. Well, that's because people keep
0: but... asking questions about these players. That's this is not my answer. doing.
1: Um, mm. Houston doesn't, for me, have the same, like, I guess I wouldn't say floor because his floor is very high, but he doesn't have the same scoring power. If I count his sub-tons here, um, he has one, two, three, four, five, six subtons, which is actually pretty good. But, you know, I mean you're took, you're looking at um, Sinclair who only has two subtons for the whole season. Like they're not in the same yeah. category and they're not in the same realm of scoring. Doherty has a higher ceiling, I would argue, and his um, scoring as well. I mean he as I said, he's cops knocks, but he's only had one, two, three subtons and one was a knock. So they're not for me, in the same category of player.
0: Yeah. So, Houston thus far, do you think it's, it's just a case of putting it together at the right time and, and just sort of a couple of higher scores propping me up, him up? He's got a 144 and a 139 this year. Um, putting him in that conversation because when I think about all three of them, Genuinely, I think Sinclair and Doherty are on so much of a higher level than Houston. But when you look at the statistics, they're ju- they're just not they're not putting distance on him. I well, I Sinclair's only scored like <laughs> sixty points more.
1: Yeah, I mean Doherty has had knocks, and I mean I feel like Sinclair's you know going to be putting more pa- more you know gap, especially the last two weeks, It's put on a decent gap. On Houston. I mean, Houston's been a good pick, don't get me wrong, but the, the tier of defender that you need to be like a top six this season is so high. Like, if, if you told me at the beginning of the year, like, Houston is averaging 107, you'd be, like, absolutely jumping for joy. And then if you follow up in the same breath, whereas, like, 107 is, like, a fringe top six, you're like, wait, what's going on? Um, it just seems... Yeah, it's, it's a little absurd, but that it is what it is. He's kind of on okay. the borderline top six.
0: so Maybe we've spoken too much about him. Uh, that's the exact reason I don't want you to get him. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not getting him. I, I, I have the option. I flirted with it for a second just to see what the 30K would do. But then the thoughts of having Sinclair within my grasp and choosing not to go for him um, became very overwhelming. I think he's just such an incredible pick this year. So just finally, you're you're opting for Price um, yeah. Doherty over Sinclair at this point. Yeah. I would be yeah. so would I and it's it's only because having watched Doherty in the last few weeks knowing I'd be getting him this week regardless of what he was priced at um, I had him written down as 560k priced and he, he got the obviously the knock to the face and then whatever happened last game uh, for him to not score quite as well he he just has threatened he's had fit 40 point quarters in every one of those games um but just not quite gotten there because of a knock or something so he's definitely a 115 looking guy yeah. for the second half of the season so i absolutely agree um i thought i'd just make you sweat for a second there you know on the <laughs> whole didn't Houston enjoy thing. it yeah well, i appreciate it <laughs> um all right we're going to move into let's go into the midfield now Let's. Walsh versus Parish is my next comparison. Okay. We'll start easy, I, I guess. <laughs> I think this one's interesting, actually. So easy. you say start easy. What way are you leaning? No, I'm
1: being sarcastic. Uh, <laughs> oh, you mean it's a very tough uh, that, one? That is okay. a hard question. Um, I mean, I can jump straight in, if, if unless you had a follow up question.
0: No, no, let's go, let's go.
1: Um, I think you're looking at Parish, who's like supremely consistent with a low yep. of 97, and then a 99, and then ton, tan 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 tan. And then Walsh, who had, doesn't have the same consistency, but his ceiling is much higher. I mean, Walsh has 620-plus scores this season, which is, you know, his scoring power is supreme. Um, but then he's also put out an 89. I guess when he first came back, he got a 90. Um, in these sorts of situations, and they also like the same price, in these sorts of situations, I tend to favor the guy that's putting out like a higher ceiling, I would say, the reason I'm struggling over my words is like we know Parish's ceiling is like 180. So um, even though he hasn't done it yet this season, I do think Parish's ceiling is there. But Walsh putting out so many really good Supercoach scores makes me lean towards that direction. Um, but to be honest with you, JB, I would be happy with either one in my side.
0: I think Parrish is on the preferable side of potential variance if that makes sense i think any improvement in essendon is such a boost to Parrish's scoring potential that i think he's he's a higher percentage chance of blowing up in the second half of the season yeah. even though i think both of them probably just go as they are 115 plus one 118 plus even um whereas walsh i think is on the other side i i think if Carlton do sort of regress just just a little yep. bit back to the mean, um, I think Walsh can go from 117, 118 down to like one fifteen on the dot or something. So I, I think by getting Parish, you're playing the the um, the higher upside by just such a minute amount that it's it's barely even worth mentioning. But um, if I had to pick between the two, I would be picking Parish. I own Parish, and he has been like nothing but a joy to own he's so easy to watch and and follow so um happy owner right now i
1: mean i can't really argue (laughs) against either of these players they're both phenomenal at the end of the day pick which one you want more and which one you like watching and, and, and that all is of that.
0: so true isn't yeah. it i, I don't want to i don't want people to be messaging me in slack saying you said go parish and walsh scored 20 points higher this week genuinely at the end of the day if you prefer either one of these guys all we can possibly do is show you the potential variance give you the statistics based on our opinion and you can use that information but it is such a 50 50 call that you you've Probably should have just skipped through this part and just made your own decision from the get go. Don't let us influence I, you, yeah. Because it's such a tough call. And both of them probably end up going well. Um, I'm just a happy parish owner. I, at I this would point.
1: probably, I mean, I, I all things equal, I would get Walsh. But I think for our teams and structure at the moment, if you have Hewitt, Cripps, and Doherty, I probably would then lean parish purely because if I can't separate them, at least if you know, if I'm struggling in my leagues. At least they don't have all the eggs in the Carlton basket. Not that they, they can't all perform, but it just means you avoid the bulldog situation that we just had, where if they get absolutely smushed, all your premiums score bad in the same week, um, and then you lose your league game. So if, if that matters to you, then you can you know go Parrish instead. But again, pick pick the player you like, because they're both really good.
0: Yeah, both incredible picks. Uh, the next guy I want to discuss is Petrarca. So... I know a lot of people got on uh, Christian Petrarca at a good price and mm. a lot of people would have been uh, very indifferent about it until the last couple of weeks. So, um, we got on him... A lot of people got on him at 575K. Yeah, or less. Yeah. And then, and then he put out the 87 against Richmond for his debut. Uh, and then since then he went four tons in a row and it, and it was all fine nice tons Pistol too, but yeah. then he had the flu and got the 53 against Fremantle now the 70 against Sydney in back to back games it's definitely concerning my thought process behind this is he's got an easy kill against Collingwood who hey. tend to give up uh, no 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 not not game wise okay, um midfield point wise who tend to give up good midfield pie um so i'm good i'm pun. I'm thinking <laughs> that's that's actually pretty funny. <laughs> I'm thinking this could be just just a nice little ease back in get get a low ton and then I think the buyer would just do him a lot of good. um I would not be looking to trade up a if I had the choice
1: so I looked into trading him this week to to parish um and then yep. I've kind of talked myself out of it throughout the week, but I guess my thought process here was. One, we've seen how bad gastro and like the flu and all that stuff has impacted players this season. And Petrarca is no different with that 53. So you kind of have to wipe that from memory. It just stings because it was like literally the week before. And against Sydney, I think he had like 15 touches and 45 points at half time. He was just butchering it. And then, you know, Swans won the second half against Melbourne, which is going to be such a rarity for teams to beat Melbourne this season.
0: Like, uh, they might not lose for the rest of the year. Yeah, and I, and I wouldn't be shocked at all. That's right.
1: I think that they will have to rise to the challenge. And as much as he is, you know, a bit of a downhill skier, I think Melbourne as a whole can still take their game to another level because we've been saying they've been playing in second gear. Like they can go up another level. And it will be players like Petrarca that just help them get to that level. Um, and then if he's not good, there's a bailout option later in the season when Jack Steele plays, he's got a break even of 200 already. And Jack Steele can take, you know, two weeks and he'll fall down to a price similar to Petrarca. I guess kind of regardless how Petrarca's is performing, he'll just hover around this price and Jack Steele is going to get to the same price. So if all else fails and Petrarca's is looking bad, you can just jump ship to Jack Steele in like three weeks time. Yep.
0: Yep. That's a very good point. I don't think we're going to have to break glass in case of emergency. And it's quite evident that the, the bigger scores come against the games, um, the teams that are sort of. It's kind of like a weight. Like the West Coast and Hawthorne games, 130 plus. Um, the north melbourne game was a 1 14 but north actually played decently against them the saint kilda game um which uh, if i if my memory serves me correctly is going back a bit um saint kilda played melbourne pretty well that week as well a 106 um then 53 and 70 in back to back losses I, I just i feel like melbourne re- reverting back to their mean um are just going to essentially start dominating games a little bit more. And Petrarca is going to be the main beneficiary considering the last couple of weeks that he's put out. And the fact that it's coincided with having the flu against Fremantle has made it look so much worse. My follow-up question to you is, if Petrarca scores 120 against Collingwood this week and drops down to about 490-95K, would you look at him as a... Upgrade option off his buy if you needed one more midfielder. No. Or are you foregoing? <laughs> I, that?
1: I think it's a don't buy, don't sell situation with Petrarca. Yeah, I,
0: I definitely agree. This is
1: a situation where there's other really good midfielders that most people don't have all of them. I'm talking like Laird and Mills thrown in with the Walsh and Parish um, yep. and if you don't have those, you know, you've still got the Took Miller and you know Neil McRae, blah blah blah. So there's enough there that you don't quite need to dip into this well. I mean Zeret. Um, who we spoke about heaps last week as well, is going to be a really good buy. So he's going to be available, and I think um, i probably go there over Petrarca at this point in time. I mean, Petrarca's role is not bad, JB. He had 96% CBAs last week. He's season high. Um, He definitely could bounce back, and this this answer could just be recency bias at its finest. Um, But it's just most of the time you get these premium midfielders, you don't expect their floor to be so low. Like, I mean, 53, but 70 is pretty bad without a tag. Like, at least when Tukmila gets tagged, you know, then he goes badly. But, um, yeah, well, I guess the other game, Tukmila didn't do very well either. But, yeah, a lot of these premium midfielders, you don't like to get a 70 out of them, especially, you know, Parrish has a low of 97 that we were talking about just before. Also, just wanted to point out last season, Dees did lose
0: to Collingwood. So, um I'm look, looking I meant forward to in it. terms of I've, a midfield. And I've taken that personally. battle. <laughs> I can tell. <laughs> um, Collingwood are on fire. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes.
1: Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt.
0: Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com.
1: Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic, ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget
0: actually oh, no. they're due for a loss no, and melbourne so. melbourne are in bad form they're due for a win no, so this works. might be the worst timed match for a collingwood supporter in the history of the no, afl don't say that um i look forward to it i'm gonna be know, watching with
1: again in round 21 like we've played is this
0: because this is the queen's birthday yeah this
1: week but we just play them in such like short like
0: time frames it's really annoying oh that means it's a public holiday on monday yes Oh, that is so exciting. That, that's actually giving me a bit of pep <laughs> in my step. Um, okay, so you've mentioned Zara. I actually want to dig into that a little bit more on our last midfield discussion topic. Yep. Um, I hear the names Zeret, I hear the name Andrew Brayshaw, Ben Keys, and for some reason, Ollie Wine's thrown around a lot these days. Um, those four are all very affordable prices um, as opposed to the Rory Laird, Callum Mills. Um, types and Parrish and Walsh even um I just want to know your thoughts so Ollie Wines has a five round average of 115 three round average of 122 um I know I always tell people if he's not super coach relevant in a browner year then he's just not super coach relevant um Ben Keyes has had like one sub-ton all year. Brayshaw has been building into what we thought was going to be an amazing year before a hiccup but looked a lot better this week, despite the 10 clangers. <laughs> um, and then Zach Mayer obviously talked about to death um, without that 50s having a pretty good season and tends to end the year pretty well as well. So um, four guys, four interesting options. Um, it might come down to buy structure a little bit because Keyes is on the buy this week. Um, Brayshaw next week um, Zerat and Wines both coming off their buy now so um, just what are your brief thoughts on on these four guys as, a, as an option
1: yeah I want to take Wines off the table again every week just put back on the table and just keep flipping that back in the off pile um, for- Wines in Houston you really don't like them Wines is 575k firstly so it's not like cheap is you know fifty k less. Wines' does three round and five round look good? Because he has that spike one hundred and fifty five game against North Melbourne. Again, you can't buy the past. His other games have been okay one hundred four, one hundred four, one hundred one, one twelve. But there's nothing to like get super excited about. He just had that one fifty five in, um, and I expect the rest of those games to look like the rest of his season. You know, probably one hundred seven to one hundred eight, one hundred nine sort of average. Um, I agree. The other guys, I think, are all better than him. Um, Keys has a really nice run. Adelaide, we've mentioned before that their run home is really nice. Um, I think similar run to Lads, actually. <laughs> some would say the same. Yep. He's probably going somewhere between. I would, I'm, if I'm trying to do an accurate prediction, like 112, 113. So better than Wines. Um, and then Zeret, he, he got cleaned up by Robottom in that game, and for that 53, and outside of that, he's not. You know, sub tons. So Zared, I think, is closer to that one fifteen average. He's also the cheapest. So he just feels right in that slot. I think. Did you mention another name? Uh, Brayshaw. Yeah, Brayshaw has his buy next week, so I, I can't really like actively. Recommend. What if you're okay
0: with that buy? What if, What if you're alright with it? And- I mean,
1: there's never a reason to then. Unless you're playing for leagues. You're
0: you're trading in a midfielder this week. Uh, You notice his break-even's 101. You're okay with that next buy.
1: I still think... I mean, I think he's fine. He's probably in the same category as Keyes. But, yeah, I I wouldn't trade somebody just after that. I I also think they've got a tough run um, for the rest of the season. Freo, They've played a lot of their easier teams in the lead-up to this stage. Um, Again, they're kind of in that same St. Kilda and Fremantle mold of, like, are they good? Should they be really good? Will they win a lot of these hard games? We'll ha- wait and see. Um, and then you've got the whole Fife return and not sure how that's going to impact him, at, if at all. It could be positive, could be negative. I don't know. But I also don't like the unknown. So kind of pushes me away from him. Right, I've
0: done predictions. <laughs> I've right. got Ollie Wines for 111 average from here on okay. out. I've got both Brayshaw and Keys at 113 average. Yep. And I've got Zera at 116. Ooh, average. That's high. So my question is, is by the way, Zera at 116, he probably has the most variance because he doesn't have a high ceiling, but he does have his floors not low. Um, but he's like one other scary incident away from that getting blown out of the water um, because he doesn't really like he doesn't flood the points in sort of thing. To like he's not going to go 155 against North. Like he's not
1: going to make up for a
0: bad score yeah correct yeah. correct um so i i think he's probably got the this uh, but the, anyway we're not predicting injuries um <laughs> 116 115 116 i just don't understand the conversation when the guy who's projected to go highest is the cheapest yeah like if if Zeret was 575 and keys was 525 then absolutely talk me into the 50k difference but like, how is anyone considering any names on any list besides Zach Merritt If if you're going down the cheap route, and and if you're doing that, you're generally doing it because you need pennies. Like you need a penny pinch. So yeah, yeah
1: otherwise get, get Walshaw get, get the guy. Get Walshaw
0: or Parrish. <laughs> you get the good guys. Otherwise, yeah, get. I mean, it just seems it seems fairly easy. I'm actually a little bit sad that I don't have to... Like, I've got the money for the big guys. I'm, this is going to sound like real yeah. small violin stuff. Oh, you, um, My God. No, I like owning Zach Merritt, and I think that price is what we've been begging for from a really good midfielder all season. Um, like, earlier in the year, just a penny pinch a bit more earlier to have a bit more freedom these days, but um, it just never came. Now it's here, and uh, I'm you know, I'm not even going to get the the cheap bargain of the year. That's going to be owned by, like, 40% of the comp.
1: Why don't you get uh, Zeret and Sicily and, uh, then instead?
0: <laughs> well, let's discuss that actually. In the second to last discussion that we're going to have here, um, the the discussion between Zach Merritt and Sicily versus, for example, Doherty and Led.
1: Okay, just like what are we doing with them or what's better?
0: Yeah, just where would you rather cheap out a little bit? Where would you rather put the put the money? Do you think? Yeah, where? What do you think the difference is um, in those decisions? Because I I kind of think it's interesting. Um, I think so. The thing with me is I think dockety is good value anyway, so I'm I'm happy to get Doherty No, I think um, yeah to go close to Sicily, but maybe maybe I don't I don't know where people are really penny pinching, but people are definitely considering Stuart or Sicily over. Um, a defender this week, and getting Zeret?
1: No, it's a worthwhile conversation to have. I have a lot more faith in Walsh and Parish going 120-plus than I do Sicily. I think it's as simple as that um, because Doherty, I think, is going to go 110 and I know Zeret's going to go like 116, but the the downside of Parish isn't 100-flat, whereas the downside of Sicily is probably 100-flat. I mean, it seems ridiculous given this year, but that's that's still... You know, we we saw him this year still get sub a hundred, sub a hundred with no kickouts, and who knows what's going to happen in the future. So I'm not even going to try and predict that one. But um, yeah, I think that's that's the way I'd go, especially knowing that um, Sicily's still going to have his buy
0: next week. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, you answered that pretty easily. You're welcome. <laughs> I think I agree. I think I agree because I think Doherty is as good a value in his line as Zera is in his um and like you said the bigger guys in the midfield seem just so much more reliable so if you're talking value versus value big guy versus big guy give me the big midfielder every day of the week i'd rather i said at the start of this year the midfield was the place i wasn't going to cheap out this year um and i'm I'm sticking by that so far you haven't so, cheaped out anyway um, i got petrarca which was a bit cheap i guess but i thought he was top eight at the time so let me and, and it could be from this let point. me throw a question at you for, the, yes. for those
1: of us with completed back lines and we yep. see Tom Stewart cop that head knock and incoming price fall, I think it's projected to fall down 550 to... 550 in two weeks. Yeah, about 550K in two weeks. I need two midfield slots uh, to complete my side. I am strapped for cash. Um, I'm planning to get Zeret this week at 520K. As we spoke about, it's looking tasty. Mm-hmm. Is it worthwhile me swinging any one of my... Mid defender eligible backline, which is literally all of them except for Doherty, um, into my midfield and grabbing Tom Stewart at five fifty. Or should I, or would I be better off getting somebody like the you know the Keys, um, or the Brayshaws at that same price?
0: Tom Stewart versus Keys and Brace Braysh- or Brayshaw. thats extremely difficult. So well, difficult. I mean, so, you've, you've
1: you've you've projected the scores of Brayshaw and Keys, so now I'm asking for that little bit of JB magic in predicting the the Tom Stewart average for the rest of the season, keeping in mind I, what you'd said last week on the Patron Only podcast about his uh, run home.
0: Can I sort of cheat this prediction a little bit? No. And instead, <laughs> that was rhetorical. <laughs> um, and and instead, say that this makes so much sense. If you've got an extra trade or two, say say you're at the moment you're projected full premium with five trades left. Yep. Um, which I think a lot of people projected more than that outside of our Slack community, but the Slack community have had to do a lot of making up to do. Make, yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot. Of, they've had. They've had to make a lot of that's grand. my um, So if you're one of those people who have. Five or even four plus trades at full premium, I think this makes a ton of sense if you can plan to go one of your worst defenders to a midfielder later on. Like you mentioned with um, Petrarca potentially going to steal, you could do um, Daniel Rich, for example, uh, to, to Jack Steele and then swing the defender back into the, the defensive line. All in all, though, I don't love this tactic. Uh, Like, I don't love any of these tactics. I think it's getting extremely cute. Um, And I think there's a reason the midfielders are generally the highest priced guys in the game is because they're so consistent. They've obviously got the best roles. And um, if if you get the durable guys, you don't have to worry about them any given week. So I would still, I think, opt for the good run of keys or if you believed in Andrew Brayshaw over getting stewart in two weeks time mind you so i i mean
1: it's all about the timing yeah it
0: it is all about the timing it's it's structure based as well i just i think i would avoid it but you could i'm sure you could show me a dozen scenarios where it would work extremely well um so I'm, i'm i'm not saying it's a bad idea i think you just have to plan for it and just be completely aware of your scenario because like it's it's really difficult to give blanket advice on it and um, as long as you know what you're doing and when and, and what to expect and when to jump and you know when to hold and when to fold, um, y- you can pretty much make a good situation out of anything like that. Um, I think you, you personally, you've done stuff like this before in the past and it's worked out well. So I think you have made me hesitant to sort of talk it down because i can see i've seen it be successful um i've just not pulled it off myself um but i I, I can see i can understand the relevance yeah
1: this is something that i have done before um i think keys and stewart's probably a a really close one and if the timing worked out that i needed to do it next week then i would just get keys and not wait for stewart because i think that extra week of waiting is too much loss of points um but if the timing works out fine um Stewart at that price is matching it with the big boys I mean he was averaging 120 before his head knock and honestly he was going 130 140 against Bulldogs like he was on fire and he looked amazing and I was already like ah okay it's happening again I'm going to miss another 130 Stewart score and that's going to massively hurt me Um, you, you mentioned last week on the Patreon pod that he still had five games to go at Cardinia Park which is absurd yep. given there's not that many games left for the rest of the season and his scores there this season have been 187 122 and 174 it's, It just makes a lot of sense to me um to do that and then have jack Steele as an insurance for any of my defenders like jack Steele will outscore you know a crisp so with the extra trade um i'll probably be looking to flick a defender off um, to jack steel and just, I guess, buy steel at his lowest point as well. It just buys me time to like wait and, and swoop. So I'll probably be looking to do that. But again, it just depends on the money um, situation and the timing. Because I, I also don't, I mean, we don't know, we assume Stewart's coming back for round 14. But, you know, worst case scenario, they say, oh, he's not coming back for 14 for some reason. You know, it's a really bad head knock or whatever. And the, it pushes the week out. You know, I'm not waiting around for Stewart. Um, because it'll just that yeah. extra weighting is just points that I could be having on my field that I that I don't have, so yeah, that's kind of how I I'd, I'd see it. I think it's a extraordinary year for these defenders, and I'm just kind of trying to adapt with the times. I mean, these players, like Sicily, who is expensive, but Stewart's becoming cheaper. These guys have been outscoring my premium midfielders on a weekly basis, so yeah, just time to to make some of those changes and adapt and roll with it, I guess
0: lastly uh to just quickly well, so there's two quick more okay two Let's more go. quick discussions yeah <laughs> um firstly max Gorn. um i think he struck fear into a lot of non-owners this week um people who are toying up not getting him back in people who still have Bruce um paired with another premium ruckman perhaps um this week was a scary week to not own Gorn, showing that he is a game away from the form of his life. 198 Super coach points. He had 28 disposals, 23 contested, I think. He mm-hmm. um, kick, kicked at least one goal that I recall, maybe two. Um, he was unbelievable. He's averaging 120 now after we thought it was the year for him to sort of dip back down to 110, 115. All of a sudden, he's having another unreal season. He is 587K with a break-even of 31. I think it's fair to say, and I know we've said this a few times this year, namely when he scored the 172 against Hawthorne, that you you might have missed the boat. He might not be cheap again. Now he's cheap again. <laughs> I'm, I'm going out on a limb to say... He might not be this cheap again, like for about 12 months worth of football. So, wow, it's now or never, I think, for those who don't have Gorn who have a, a close enough money situation to make it work. Um, how much are you tearing up to get this guy back in your side? Not much. He was worth two premiums this week. He, w- if, he was, if, if, if he was captained or vice captained,
1: like wow. But you don't get you've missed the points, right? And it's the same as
0: his second one seventy plus score this year. I know,
1: and you missed them both. Third one sixty plus. Yeah, but you've missed it. And you know what those games gonna do it again? What did those games have in common?
0: He scored lots of points. No,
1: think about it. Bad ruckman. He he's scored this well this season. His really big games have all come against when the opponent has basically no ruckman. I mean Laddams is what 196 centimetres or whatever. That's not really much of a match for Gorn. His 172 was when they had no one, like Lynch was out and Reeves was out and I think they played Nash and Kaczynski, whatever it was. was. Um, And then the port game was when um, Lysett got injured. So he was playing, Lysett couldn't raise his arm. Gorn has been the biggest flat track bully against bad Ruckman this whole season. All of his games where he scored really well have been when the opposition hasn't had a good ruck. All his games where he's versus tough ruckmen, I essentially, he's scored poorly, except against Darcy, where he scored 118. But that's not even like a massive mammoth score either. It's, you know, Darcy can obviously equal that. Um, I don't believe watching him play at when, you know, against good ruckmen that he's going to put out, you know, another 190 plus. If That feels like it's reserved for when he doesn't have any opposition. Darcy Cameron is still, I mean, I haven't been the biggest Darcy Cameron fan in the past, but he's in some sort of purple patch right now and rare rare um, form. And he's still, you know, 200, what, 203 or 204 centimeters. Like, he's a big lad. You've got the big O. You've got um, Riley O'Brien, You've got a nice little patch, 17, 18, 19, where you've got Geelong, Port Adelaide Bulldogs that he might feast against. And then you've got um, Sean Darcy. you got Darcy Cameron again before Carlton, who knows who, what's happening by then, and then Big O again. It's not like the easiest rack run coming up for Gorn. I don't think... doesn't th- sound tough. It's not. I wouldn't say it's super tough, but I also don't think it's super easy. I I don't think that he is going to go 120-plus for the rest of the season. I think he's going to go sub 120 plus, which does make him value because he's not priced at 120 plus. Um, but if you're if you're worried that you're going to get absolutely blown away by not owning Gorn for the rest of the season, I, I don't think that's... I'm, I wouldn't be worried about it, to be honest. I feel like this is a hot take based on your response.
0: <laughs> <sighs> I'd be pretty worried. If I had Pruce and money this week... I think I'd bite the bullet and get Max Gorn in.
1: I don't think I would. Not before. I, if you've got, a, you've had, if Bruce is named, I should say, because he might not be, if he's not named. Yeah. Okay. Um, if he's named, Gorn's going to have a buy, which is just some points lost.
0: 35K is, is not a little bit of money. That's his proj 111 against Darcy Cameron.
1: Yeah. that's And what, so, you know what Bruce is meant to be getting this week?
0: True. Yeah,
1: I mean, Bruce. Bruce's prodge is above a hundred every game except for two for the whole season.
0: Okay. If you assess it again, Bruce plays scores one hundred and ten. Gorn plays scores one hundred and fifty. Are you doing something then, or are we still just sitting on the fence about it? Because I, I just think it's real. I first of all, I, I know I'm Let's pressing, but
1: I, honestly, Bruce's I, ruck run is the easiest in the game for the rest of the season. So.
0: I think he has to play, and he has to he play in a one-run setup to, be, to have the ceiling. He'll be named
1: or he won't be named.
0: What if he's named with Flynn? He's scored
1: 100 every game he's played with Flynn.
0: That's fine. <laughs> that, doesn't, that doesn't mean he's got the ceiling to keep up with someone like Max. Gordon. Sure,
1: but it also has potential to have the ceiling because Flynn might not play every game.
0: Neither might Bruce. <laughs> no, I mean, <laughs> well, back square I, one. I feel I very mean, confident look, honestly, that
1: Bruce is going to be the number one ruck. I mean, he's been number one rock. Let me just day. say
0: it. Let me just say it. I think if you want Max Gorn this week and you can make it work and you don't have to tear up any other grand trade plans, I would not begrudge you from squashing a 50.4% owned player coming off of a 198 who's now going to be a hot, hot commodity for a VC um, in coming weeks. I would not deter you from doing that. That is all. Yes, <laughs> he has, he um, has as, mu- he as, has as a- much as I wouldn't deter you taking the risk either with with Bruce. I genuinely wouldn't on either side. Gaon has. I'm just a saying five
1: round average of 112, which includes his
0: 198. It it, it includes his worst games because as well, he's capable but like of them this season. I I know he's capable of them, but. To be coming off of the 198 and looking at the ruck run, it, the form is more indicative than anything. To be- he he was marking everything on the weekend. He needs to be tagged. He got 28 disposals. <laughs> no, he he was, he was unbelievable. I mean, this was
1: one of the games of his life, obviously. But that doesn't mean that's going to continue. I mean, he got a 172 and. A bunch of people was like, okay, that's the straw that broke the camel's back. They brought him in at 677K, and then you went 82, 73, 89. You, this,
0: what do you project he scores against Collingwood it's this going to get
1: week? 89, 73, 82, which is reverse order in the next three games.
0: Well, all added together, <laughs> that's going to be a score against Collingwood. <laughs> no, I, I think, Did you just go quarter by quarter then? I, I think
1: for the rest <laughs> of the season, he, he averages less than 120. And I don't right. know if that's going to be worth a trade to get from Proust to him.
0: I think Bruce averages about one 105 to 110. He's I think Gordon 110 goes already. The, I, I know. That's you think, the, a lot of games without you
1: think with, uh, Flynn. He's, yeah. played, he's played with Flynn firstly and now he's got an easier ruck run for the rest of the season and you think he's going to score worse than 110? I do. I mean, that doesn't make much sense.
0: It, it does it does make sense it does, doesn't make sense unquantifiable things can happen in this game like Gorn scoring 73 against West Coast well, now Post, I have to worry have a about
1: run. all your predictions for the whole podcast if you're saying things like that
0: Let, let's just look at the end of the year and, and see who's correct then
1: I mean that's obviously what we're going to have to do because that's how we assess
0: 105 and that's how to we 110 I'm not, I'm not saying he's a lock in 105 105 to 110 I think is Pruce's scoring bubble and I think Gaun's is one eighteen to one twenty three.
1: Okay. I mean, I put I said below one twenty and you've you've put that within your range to try it's and... To kind of use, yeah, you're it's now You're teams. giving yourself a larger chance of victory, but okay.
0: <laughs> They're both in a five-point scope. You can you could do the same thing if you really want, mm-hmm. but essentially all I'm saying is I will not talk anyone off that ledge. Not a chance in hell. I, I think you've got to Because in- I've owned Gorn from round one through round 12 and I'm a happy customer. I think
1: if you're... If Gorn is missing round 14, which he definitely is because it's a buy and Bruce has the extra yep. game, I, I just don't really see it being worth it, in my opinion.
0: Okay. But I'm glad we had the discussion. I, th- I, I agree. I, th- I still think there's a percentage chance that Priest doesn't play every game from here on out. But let's go on to the rookie discussion. Uh, just briefly, last topic of the podcast. Um, we've been asked a lot, which rookies do we trade in? I've been asked about some outrageous names so far that I didn't think anyone would ever be considering trading in. Um the answer is we don't know now we we do not have an answer for you right now we We have to wait until essentially the teams come out and then I think pistol i don't know if you're in the same boat as I am, but I think people will be trading in a lot of debutons this week um, some people if there are two debutons this week, I think we'll be trading in two debutons this week um not because we want to or we want to test the supercoach cards by breaking a cardinal sin but I think a lot of people have to to get to 18. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm down to the point where um, if, for, if somehow if Jacob Ware gets named and no other debutant gets named, I'll be trading in a defensive midfield swing to get him on field in, in my um, defense by swinging Hewitt into the midfield, for example. Um, I'm... That is, that is how far away I am from getting the 18. I, I need a guaranteed one player and some people need two. So essentially, we don't have rookies to tell you to get this week until Thursday when teams are named. And then hopefully, we have rookies to tell you to get this week. Yeah.
1: No, I think one thing to be careful of is I've seen some people that have someone like uh, Buka Karmus and then like where and then they're saying, oh, like if, Durden is named I'm going to grab Sam Durden for Carlton and I just look at that team and I'm like well then he's going to be your d6 because you just have two guys that are already just defense only um, and I think you could yeah. get trapped with your team structure just like all over the place for the buys. so just make sure when you're grabbing these rookies that it doesn't lock you out of like having a all your right players in the correct positions coming out of the buys as well unless you plan to trade around it so be aware of that yep. and yeah I agree there's going to be yeah, it's all gonna. I, I have Durden in my team because I think where's is going to be dropped. But again, Ware could be named, and then I'll just swap him to where. I don't know. We'll, we'll wait and see.
0: Um, what if Durden doesn't get up for this week? Or what if, if, if neither? Um, what if you can't get a? Um, I can't get a defender rookie, even if they're named. Yeah, like, that's right. Well, then, like we have to wait for the people in my position. You are locking in, waiting for a forward midfield rookie to get named yeah it's tough um yeah like it's it's, it just is what it is we're all in the same boat it's like no one's sitting there on a triple upgrade this week or or, i mean some some someone might be actually um but essentially the vast majority of the competition needs rookies to be named this week and they need to trade them in this week. There's there's no bubble boys that were sitting on saying, we'll get this guy, unless it's like a really good debutant. We're waiting for the debutant. That's our only yeah. chance. Yeah. So um, we're on the same spot. So we'll, we'll, we'll stress together on Thursday when teams are dropped. <laughs> we will. And
1: JB, before we finish up, yep. w- one last thing I'm going to say about Gorn. I'm sorry, I know we moved on from it. The price. <laughs> I was going to jokingly say back to no, the, the Gorn p- debate. The, the price is different than when he went. 172 and people are trading him for 677k like now at 587 I said earlier like he's still good value so that means that if you do have extra money and I know people like you actually do have money and you are able to just like get players that you want to get whereas I am very much struggling with the players that I want to buy Um, if you're in the position as you said people have five six trades at full premium if that's how you want to spend one of your trades to optimize your team then I'm not going to argue that Pruce is going to outscore Gorn, but if you've got the money, then sure. You know, that's not a bad thing to do. I just don't believe it's worth a trade if, you know, you haven't finished your team or optimizing your team.
0: Yeah, I, I just want to stress that neither you or I are arguing like heavily for or against one option or the other, really. Uh, it's, it's, it's just debating value. It's debating... um like how how you spend your trades at this time it's debating sleep at night factor that there's so many things that go into it yeah. but at the end of the day i think we can both agree a 50 percent owned Gorn is a good commodity it's just that is is it that much better than the commodity you already own and that is so much more up to um just personal preference or opinion and, um, and so is it like
1: m- a better thing for your team than you know if you're missing like a steward or you're missing a sicily or you're missing yeah. a big mid like would yeah. you rather spend your trades there or would you rather spend your trades you know in the ruck i think that's that's yep. something you have to heavily weigh up
0: yeah so although i fall on the side of gorn you fall on the side of Right, we're arguing semantics and we're arguing um like understanding the other's point of view um and knowing that there are different scenarios affecting different teams so like I don't I don't wanna end with people like, oh my god, they're, they're so <laughs> far debate. on other sides of this no, argument, it's not, not even funny. <laughs> um, we're very understanding <laughs> of each other's argument, um, one hundred percent and open minded to it. So um it's always good to have those debates. I'm interested to see on the the reaction and, and what side people naturally fall onto, so um, that'll, be, that'll be a good one to monitor during the week. I appreciate you coming on, Pistol. That's pretty much going to do us for the, the, the episode. Awesome.
1: All right. Well, if uh, you have any questions, you can find us on social media. You can find the Dr. Sigurich page at Dr. SC. You can find myself at Pistol underscore D-I-S-C. You can find JB at JB underscore D-I-S-C. Or Cheezo, which is Cheezo with a Z underscore D R S C.
0: Thanks, everyone, for joining us, and we'll catch you guys next week.